Hey everyone, I'm Josh Brown, and you're listening to the Follow Your Soul Heart Podcast. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Josh Brown, and today we're talking about one of my favorite topics, which is how to build a creative business from scratch. This is what I do. I run a creative business, a creative agency, and I built it from scratch. This is one of the most challenging things I think that you can do as an entrepreneur or a business owner in today's economy because there are so many like-minded businesses doing the same thing, selling the same services, and if you can succeed in doing this, I believe you can succeed at any type of business in the world. So what does it take to be successful in a creative industry that is absolutely saturated? Well, I'm going to unpack that. In fact, this is going to be a series. I tell you, there are so many things that go into building a creative business from scratch that you're just going to want to know them all. And believe me when I say I've done it, I've built it, and I've made all the mistakes. So I want to help you not make some of those. (laughs) I really think that we can learn from each other and grow from each other and we can look to people who've gone before so that we can one day do the thing that's most passionate on our heart, which is to build a thriving business that takes care of our family, supports our life, and ultimately gives us the ability to follow our soul heart. So let's dive in. The very first thing that I wanna talk about when building a creative business from scratch is you have to work harder and faster than everyone else. This is so important. Many people that I talk to that are not super successful, and even some that are, don't have a get it done and get it done quickly mentality. Yet, when you look at every single high achiever in the world, especially some of those sharks out there, like your Mark Cubans of the world, they have a get it done and get it done faster mentality. Mark Cuban actually said this several years ago. He did an interview with Forbes magazine, and he said that you should work like there's somebody working 24 hours a day to take it all away from you. Many of you that know his story, um, he built a software company early on when the internet.com boom was starting to happen. He ends up selling it for several billion dollars, and he said the very first two to 40, I think it was maybe four years, he didn't take a single day of vacation because he wanted to work and be highly, highly successful. I don't recommend that. I think you should take a day off every single week to kind of reset, rest, and recalibrate. But ultimately, you have to be willing to work. So let's unpack this a little bit more. Most people aren't willing to do it. I work with a lot of designers and developers and coders and people that do, you know, various parts of business. Maybe they're the person who's just administrative um, in nature, or maybe they're the person who's growing the social platform. And they might think that they're working hard because they're putting in some different hours than maybe they normally would. But at the end of the day, results will always speak for themselves. You've got to work harder and faster than anyone else or you're not going to get the results that you need, especially in today's economy. Gary Vaynerchuk, he runs VaynerMedia. Many of you have probably heard of them. Um, He asked a question of how do you work 100% for clients and another 100% for your own brand? And the answer that he gave was this. 
you need to work harder and faster. <laughs> this is the summary of what it means when you're starting out, like how to build a creative business from scratch harder and faster than everyone else. Now, this doesn't mean to start to reduce the quality of your product, the quality of what you do. Uh, you don't want to degrade and devalue yourself, but you do want to be able to accomplish a whole lot in the limited time that you have. And a buddy of mine, Steve, he actually talks about this all the time, and I know he heard it from somewhere, but he says some of the most productive people that he knows is people that work the unseen hours. Unseen hours. These are the hours that nobody's up and nobody's going. So for Steve, he works really early in the morning. He gets up at 3 a.m. and he gets going and he knocks out a whole bunch of work. He works four or five hours before most of you are even out of bed. Now for me, I work predominantly late at night. I'll work throughout the day off and on at different points of the day, spend some time with family, but I end up working the most of my time late at night. And after eight o'clock, it begins to get real. <laughs> I'm so productive because I can work from eight o'clock at night until two or 3 a.m. in the morning. And that six or seven hour stretch allows me to accomplish 12 to 14 hours worth of work in a normal day. Why does this work? Well, first of all, it works because you're focused. You don't have the distractions. You don't have a ton of client emails coming in all day. You don't have, you know, news organizations posting stuff that's going to blow up on your Twitter feed or blow up on some feed and kind of get you distracted or anything like that. What you have is the ability to sit down and focus on your work. And if you're trying to build a creative business, you have to be able to do this. Focus on the work and that's going to enable you to work harder it's going to enable you also to work faster faster isn't necessarily meaning you're working faster than you are on a given day it just means you're not distracted so you're able to give the illusion you're working faster because you're getting a whole lot done in a condensed time period i love this because it's how i've grown this business in order to make soul heart successful with minimal employees in fact last year we had an employee this year everybody's contractors in order to be successful in that environment I've had to work harder and faster. And I would also add smarter, but it's basically the same thing. If you can learn how to hack your own business in this way, you're going to be successful in this market. Next, you need a niche without having a niche. <laughs> this is a little paradoxical for most people, but you need a niche. You have to have something that's going to be the draw or the lead generator for your business. So what does this look like for me? Well, when we began, we had a niche, which was we were a design company and we did that in a web context. So I would go into companies and I would tell them, let me design your website. Now, what does it mean to not have a niche while having a niche? And uh, let's unpack the play on words, right? So I would go in a company and say, I can design your website because most people knew they needed a website redesign. So this was a problem that I could solve. Now, when I began to talk to these people, I began to realize they needed more than just a website redesign. They needed a new logo, a brand book or brand guidelines. They needed somebody to design their website and somebody to develop their website. 
And this is where I begin to expand my niche. So my niche, my lead generator was, I'm gonna come in and design something for you. But what it led to was, I'm gonna come in and solve several business challenges that you have right now. So that's my biggest point. Be ready to solve more than just the problem that you said you're gonna solve. If you can survey what business problems the people that you're working with have and see if there's areas of interest or areas of successfulness where you're you have a lot of strengths that you can bring to the table whether that in a creative business so for me what this looks like it's i started with design i got into web design uh, and development and as i begin to do that i realized well we need to teach people how to do lead generation so i learned what call to actions were i learned how to build emails i learned how to create automated emails and do automation sequences and eventually that led to me understanding how to build social media graphics that would then work for web and be shareable back and forth and so it all began to sort of combine into multiple areas of problem solving client business problems and ultimately leading to more work for me so when you do this and especially if you're just starting out you want to create a creative business from scratch You've got to diversify yourself very quickly once you get that foot in the door. The reason why is people don't want to work with multiple, multiple vendors. Now, some companies you're required to. Most nonprofits, they're required to get multiple quotes, work with multiple people because they want a lot of relationships with people who will then give back to their company. Now, that's a kind of a cue in there as well. If you're trying to get work to nonprofits, recognize they're gonna ask you for money and that's an okay thing. Be prepared if you take on a nonprofit client, you need to be prepared to give because that's how they build their network, how they fund their programs. They choose vendors that they believe are gonna be great fits and highly successful and be able to also give a portion back to them during their fundraising campaign season. Little side note there, but we work for a lot of nonprofits and so I thought that might be something that you're interested in knowing. So back to the subject matter though, here we are, we've got a niche, we're working on some stuff and then ultimately we begin to realize there's more to this. Over time, this can expand. When we acquired clients early on in the process, we did predominantly three things for those clients. We worked on their Google Analytics, we worked on doing design work in the web capacity, and then updating their website after doing that web development. So we kind of did web maintenance afterwards. But over time, social media has really, really exploded. So we began to help them create posts on Facebook and Instagram and stories, that's a whole different format. And as we realized that people engage more with video, we actually branched out and did some more video, like small scale text-based video. And then over the past two years, we've stepped into the arena of social ads. Social ads running on Facebook originally, so we run ads on Facebook, then Facebook bought Instagram, so now we're running ads on Facebook and Instagram. And we began to realize the power in this, and so we started doing some more of the Google Ads. We had done some of the free AdWord management in the future, but now we're doing Google Ads specific paid ads, and we're branching into LinkedIn ads and watching to see what other kind of social platforms are out there. We've done Snapchat demographic ads and all sorts of different unique stuff because those were problems that our clients had. 
we didn't go in saying we're the social ad company, but we went in saying we can do great design, here's our philosophy, and here's how we run our business. And that was the lead generator to open up more and more work so that our creative business or our creative agency could thrive. Keep this in mind as you're building your own because you're going to want to diversify. You're going to need a niche without having truly a niche. <laughs> so what else do we got? Well, point number three that I've got, if you want to build a successful creative business, what do you need to do? You need to work for people before you work for yourself. This is the growth phase that we're in currently in the life of Soulheart. We've spent five years working for people. Now we've started to release some of our own products. We've actually been testing these products for a couple of years, some different web themes, but now we're starting to move into more products, physical products, more tangible things, and even some more digital products that aren't just code and web. And it's really exciting, but I wouldn't have the domain knowledge that I did to work on my own business unless I had served my clients and I wouldn't have been able to serve my clients well if I was only focused on my own business. So this is what I mean when I say work for people before you work for yourself. It's great to do things you're passionate about and have passion projects or maybe even hopefully passion businesses, things you're going to go out and do good work and create it in the world and sell your own ideas and expertise. But until you are ready, until you've built something and you're successful, I truly believe that your voice is not going to be as strong and trustworthy as somebody else's in your industry. This has been my struggle for the last five years. I've wanted to speak, I've wanted to go out and act like I know everything, but the reality is it took me five years to build a business that I felt not only was I proud of for the work that we do, but I felt that we finally had a great baseline in order to go out and teach and train people like yourself on how to create a creative agency that was thriving and successful. Now, success in my mind might look different than success in yours. If you hit, you know, $30,000 a year, you may feel like, man, I'm on top of the world. I know how to tell people to do this. For me, you know, it was a lot more than that. I needed to, in fact, uh, the five-year mark, we turned a corner and we, uh, over the last couple of years here, and we've done over $750,000 of revenue inside of Soulheart. And I think this isn't something to brag about, but necessarily because many people are way more successful than us. But it was a monumental milestone for me because in somewhere along the line in the last year, I really felt like now I've got it. Now I've got the formula. I've got the blueprint. I've got the system and structure and the process together to be able to speak with authority and expert um, and be a subject matter expert on multiple different areas related to running a business. This was what I was trying to get to. You might be an expert on design. I was speaking to design a long time ago because that was the thing that I did. And I might not be an artistic designer, but I'm a technical designer. I can bring things together, I can make it happen, I can do it quickly, I work hard, I work fast. But ultimately, I wasn't able to get to the point where I felt I wanted to be, which was helping other people start businesses just like mine. 
if, if I had started this early on, right? If I had started preaching and teaching to people early on about the how to be a successful business owner, then two years ago would have been really difficult. And it already was because two years ago, business suddenly dissipated. I was in that, I call it like a sophomore slump, I guess. And this wasn't the sophomore slump for me, it was the senior slump. You know, I've been running business for about three or four years at that point. I was kind of in a groove and all of a sudden the economy started to tank and my clients went with it. (laughs) This got so unbearable that during that year I even questioned for a couple of weeks whether or not I was cut out to be a successful business owner. I knew it, I, that I wanted to do it. I knew I had the passion for it, but it was that grind that have to wake up and grind and know that you weren't gonna have enough money that month to put food on the table and you're gonna have to d- dig deep. And In fact, we actually went into debt and we'd always been debt free. So I really was just pulling everything together to try and make this thing happen. And I set a goal that by the end of the year, no matter what, we would be completely debt-free. I, I didn't care what it takes or what it took at the time. I didn't care about what my friends thought or what people were telling me. And even some of my close family members that were saying, hey, maybe you should go work again and just get your feet back under you. I was determined to make this happen and make it work. But even then, I didn't go and work for myself. I worked for people because I knew if I could just keep my foot going in the right direction, getting in the door with clients, that I'd be able to basically generate new revenue, generate new income, and ultimately learn through that experience so that one day I'd be speaking with authority and not just assumptions. And guess what? By the end of the year, baby, we were in the black. (laughs) We did it. It was hard. It was stressful. It didn't help that that was the year my wife needed a couple of surgeries. But uh, at the end of the year, we did it. We got out of the debt and I was running a company that I was proud of, that we got through the lull, we got through the dark period, and now guess what? I've got all kinds of confidence from that year, but it wouldn't have been there if I would have been working for myself and having absolutely no way to generate income other than my own projects. I needed my clients because a creative agency has to have clients. <laughs> if you wanna attract more talent and for it to work for you, as well as attract more people to pay you, you've got to have a roster of work that you've done and completed recently. So. The grind was hard, it was difficult, but ultimately I worked for people and now I'm in a position of strength where I can work for myself. Not all for myself, I'm still working with clients and that's the goal, that's what I want. Some of you may eventually wanna run your own software and you wanna just get away from direct client work and only work on your product. Let me tell you, that stuff is fun, it's engaging, it's exciting, but for what we're trying to do at Soulheart is build a creative agency that has a good mixture, just like you would diversify a portfolio of stocks. We wanna have a certain amount of percentage of client work, a certain amount of products that we're doing ourselves and digital base, and then a certain amount of what we're calling micro businesses inside of Soulheart, 
and ultimately those things are going to be generating revenue on their own. So these are three things that I think are super, super important when starting your creative agency or business from scratch. Now, there is a fourth one. Let's just dive into that. We've got time. I don't think you guys are going anywhere, but the fourth one is pretty simple. It's just you need some cash. <laughs> you need some cash because it takes money to make money. And what I mean by this is you've got to have the right equipment when you start up. You've got to get, I recommend getting an iMac, a MacBook Pro, an iPhone, and then a web domain and hosting. Um, you're probably going to want to get your email at that domain if you don't have it already. And then you generally you're going to do it through like a Google service where it's going to cost you $4.95 a month. You might have some different software that you need to get if you get Creative Cloud, if you're doing Photoshop and Illustrator and um, a bunch of other different kind of Adobe products, then you might want to be getting Creative Cloud. You're going to have to pay $55 some dollars a month in order to have that software. You may need other features or other software that's out there. You know, like email where you're sending it from your company can be free through MailChimp, but if you're sending a whole lot of emails, you got over a thousand or two thousand, I think it is, then you either pay for that service or you use another like a ClickFunnels, a HubSpot, an Infusionsoft, or a ConvertKit. Um, there's so many different nuancy software things that you have to invest in in order to have the right arsenal to problem solve for those businesses that you want as clients. And then, you know, like a lot of people will actually say, oh, and then you got to invest in business cards and all of that. And well, here's the key. You don't invest or don't spend money, invest money. Don't put money into things you don't necessarily need. I've been running Soul Heart for five, like over five years, and I've never had a business card. Not once, never had a business card because that was something that people would take and just throw away. So what I do in those networking meetings is I'll go in and I'll say, hey, what's your name? Nice to meet you. You give me your business card and I'll contact you because I know what's going to happen. You're going to take my little piece of paper, throw it away, and then I just spent 50 bucks for you just to throw it in the trash or 50 bucks to just put them up on my shelf, you know? So don't put money into things that you know might have a little tiny bit of value but aren't really going to have big value. You don't if you don't need it, then don't buy it. That's my philosophy because I really do believe in keeping it lean and mean, baby. You know, <laughs> lean and mean means you've got to do things that are going to allow you to keep as much green in your pocket as possible because you want to take that money and invest it. And by investing it, you're investing in staff, in equipment, in software, in and ultimately in your clients. There's going to be times where you need to buy something and test it out make sure this thing works before you go and you sell it to your client. That's completely okay and you need to make sure that you have some cash in order to do that. So these are four things now <laughs> that you need to be doing in order to build a creative business from scratch. This just literally, pun intended, scratches the surface of what it takes to pull this off. And so we're going to unpack this over the next several episodes. One of the things I'm really excited about is to talk to you guys on systemizing your processes. That's going to come up next time. I think it's really valuable. If you want to jump ahead 
if that's even a thing here. You know, you can read a couple of books that I recommend. The E-Myth Revisited, that book is fantastic. It talks about systematizing in a way that you would never have expected using McDonald's. <laughs> so uh, it's not just about low quality food though. There's a lot that goes into it. Uh, the other book is The Checklist Manifesto. And this book was actually recommended by, uh, I think, Jack Dorsey to every single person who would work at Twitter because Checklist revolutionized the healthcare industry in Japan. And it's a fantastic book that talks about how something so simple can have such a lasting, meaningful pro uh, impact and ultimately was used to save lives. That is what I'm talking about. So let's just recap real quick. You need to work harder and faster than everyone else. You need a niche without having a niche and you've got to work for people before you work for yourself. And finally, you just need some cash. So if you're broke, don't start it right away. Wait until you got a little bit of cash. Do some little side projects, mow some yards, whatever it takes to get a little cash in the bank so you're gonna be able to invest in all the software stuff that you need in order to get out of the gate and build a creative business from scratch. Well, hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode. Like I said, we're turning this thing into a series. I think it's super valuable. I'm really hoping that you got some value out of it yourself. And if you did and you want to hit me up with other questions or maybe learn a, bit, a little bit more about what we do at Soul Heart and how we do it, please feel free to reach out to me, josh at soulheart.co, or you can always check us out online at soulheart.co we've got a little form where we'll just do like a 20 minute consultation and talk about you and your business and soon we're going to be launching that next level coaching network that i'm super stoked about it if you want more info i've actually got the plan together i've got everything i just need to build the website so if you if you want more info on how to get involved with that we're going to have plans starting at 99 dollars uh, monthly plans, one-time call plans, whatever it takes to help you get started building your creative business from scratch. That's one of my biggest passions. That's what I hope that you can find when you follow your soul heart. And I really do think that this journey that we're all on together could be one that not just helps provide for you and your family, helps you get out of the nine to five and into a workforce and a workplace that's entirely different and one that you can just believe and dream and build and create and make every single day and be completely fulfilled in everything that you do. But ultimately, I really do think that being a part of this thing can help us build a tribe of people that's doing good in the world. And when we can come together and do good in the world, it's gonna help make this world a better place than when we found it. And that is what drives me. I want people to know that when you do good, that's when things can align and be super successful and ultimately help people get out of their situation and into a better one or make some kind of profound impact in the world. That is what we is why we do what we do every single day here at Soul Heart and I hope it's something that you value yourself. So thanks again for listening. Hit me up and thanks for listening to the Follow Your Soul Heart podcast.